0: And candidates in states with razor thin margins. Listen to Build the Change Now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
1: Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Touré.
2: And I'm Danielle Moody.
1: And we left you last week talking about the conviction against Derek Chauvin and the police murder of McKee Bryant. And we come to you now talking about the police murder of Andrew Brown Jr., who was shot in the back of the head, sitting in his car, And somehow the local police are finding every possible excuse not to put out the body cam footage, which tells me they know it's bad.
2: I mean, so here's the thing that we always know, is that when body cam footage is released right away, it's because the police department wants to have transparency. (laughs) We know that if it looked as if Andrew Brown Jr. was doing something heinous, that they would never have halted release of the video and asking for it not to be released to the public for a month. Nor would they have said to the family, here's 20 selected seconds mm. that you can look at that led to the end of your loved one's life, right? And I, and I have to say, Toray, that I am fucking tired of seeing white male judges tell us mm. what we can and cannot do, what is important and what is not. Right. With and and then already, already, I just want to say that there the, the story that is coming out, it was a drug warrant. So they had to have all of this SWAT combat uh, gear and that they were racing down in a fucking pickup truck. Um, and, you know, they don't ever police don't ever know what to expect. So and that he was trying to run over them with their, with his car mm-hmm. these are all of the narratives that are coming out and i'm saying so interesting um running over them with his car if, because if that were the truth we we that video would have gone viral show no me the and receipts. police would have been like that's why they're animals
1: show me the receipts show me the video i mean like I, I, I the the judge tried to make some argument about not wanting to taint the jury pool that has not been a problem in many other situations, but really, as human beings, how do you fix your mouth to say, hey, family of the dead man, we're only going to let you see a teeny sliver of what happened here, which thus proves that you are very. Ner- I mean, these are people who declared a state of emergency before the video was released, meaning they know. Oh, we about to have another George Floyd situation because we done fucked up here. Um, They shot him in the back of the head.
2: Also, just side note, let's go back to the tainting of the jury pool. Everyone in the world saw the George Floyd video, like literally everyone. And somehow they managed to select 12 jurors and two alternates. Right. And convict Mm. Derek Chauvin. Mm. So I'm confused again, while we're literally on the heels of this. This happened last week that all of a sudden you would have a county that says, no, 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 no. We're going to be unable to release footage because we're concerned about a jury pool. And then the judge say, oh, yeah, that seems right.
1: No, I mean, you know, I feel once again that we are under siege from the police. On a day-to-day basis, I feel far more afraid of the police than criminals. They are taught by each other to behave as warriors, and that's the way they approach us in daily society. Somebody, uh, 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 somebody pointed out something to me, very interesting to me, that the police force does not have a mandatory retirement age. The FBI does, right? The CIA mm. does. The police force does not. Now, what that does, because the longer you stick around, the higher you'll go up, right? Police, uh, police chiefs are generally older gentlemen, right? Or older women, right? Not, you don't usually find like a 30-year-old police chief, whiz kid, right? So where there's a lot of older cops who are setting the tone and setting the rules of engagement and the culture. And many of them came from, The drug war, right? The height Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. the crack epidemic when the streets were wild, when you really did not know what somebody was going to do because they were out of their minds in big cities, right? And people were robbing and stealing like crazy because they were going out. of, And not just the the users, but forget the, the violence that was happening with the sellers, right? So the mindset that the police developed, the rules of engagement that they developed during the height of the crack epidemic are being overlaid and applied now when we are decades removed from crack being a significant part of American culture. And yet the police behave and are taught to behave the same. So they go ride up in military c- trucks, swatted up, ready for battle. We are not your enemy. That you need to go and 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 set like you're gonna you're you're in Iraq.
2: You know what I feel like? I feel like the police departments are where fragile white men go to mm. live out their fantasies mm. of being strong, mm. right? Like that. Th- this 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 is the police departments across this country have become a dumping ground for white male fragility, mm. and the fact that we don't ever address that is part of the problem. But to your point. Here's the thing, too, is that we create policies, laws, and practices that are based on black, uh, based on tropes and lies about black people. Yes, right, and we continue to do that. So, not only, you know, we continue, we talk about Trump's big lie, but I'm like, do you know everything? Everything that we have is based on lies about the black community and how we and how we are spoken to, how we are surveilled. The policies that are created, why we have one one kind of conviction for crack and another kind of conviction for cocaine. cocaine. We have one treatment for for one group and one for the other, because of the basis of all of this are around tropes about black people being dangerous, being drug addicts, being all these being animals, being all of these different things. And so being inherently criminal. Right. If we don't look at that truth, right? Like if we don't address those truths, then like we We are never going to heal. We're never going to create an actual just system that is about justice when every single law is predicated on the fact that black people are bad and need to be in cages or treated like animals.
1: I don't think that there's ever going to be a way to reform us to a system of policing that is not oppressive and violent toward black people. Right. Like like defund is a very complicated, sensitive word. But like we're going to have to have a complete restructuring of the way we police in America, because it's not about good apples and bad apples. It's about a system of policing that incentivizes and motivates them to arrest people, to arrest black people and to be violent while they do it and to know that they will not face uh, retribution and accountability for being hyper violent toward black people who they are arresting. So as long as we have that as part of the police force, the high expectation of arresting all the time, um, you know, arresting black people, all these sort of things, as long as we have that, we're going to continue to have this, this sort of a problem. But the other part of it too, is that um, we have a high number of, uh, we don't even know the number, but the FBI has told us we have a significant number of white supremacists who are joining Mm -hmm. the police force on purpose in order to perpetuate their dominance, their rules, their culture, coming from the Klan, coming from the Proud Boys, coming from the Oath Keepers, coming from the leadership of these groups who are telling the members, their members, join the police force so we can continue to perpetuate our stuff. And some of them, many of them are getting in. Some of them are getting caught as they try to get in. But many of them are not. And we see police officers giving Klan and Proud Boys hand signals and gang signals in pictures, white supremacist signals in pictures. So, you know, the people who rolled up to Andrew Brown Jr.'s home or the captain or lieutenant who told them to go get Andrew Brown and set the rules of engagement, don't take no shit from him, shoot him if he blinks, you know, like— or the guy who was in charge, the guy on the on the trigger, like they 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 could be serious Klansmen or Proud Boys or oath keepers or whatever the fuck who are like, and that's who. Can, when you get stopped tr- driving sixty five in a sixty three, and the mm. cop comes over to your car, he could be a Klansman, and you would never know. Um so this is Oh
2: you'll know. This is what well, you'll, <laughs> you'll know. You just may you just may not be alive to tell the story. You'll be, but you'll fucking know.
1: You'll be you'll know when you're dead, right? Your family mm-hmm. will know. But no, I mean, like, you know, the we don't know what we're dealing with. And there is not a national effort in terms of the DOJ or the FBI to root these people out and to pull them out and to get so how can we have a a police force and get justice when so many of them are in, we we have no idea how many of them are actual Klansmen.
2: You know, one shred of hope, which we all know that I am not hopeful, but one shred of hope that I do have with the Merrick Garland Justice Department is that over the past two weeks, there have been two very important investigations that have been opened by the Department of Justice one into the Minneapolis Police Department and then now into the Louisville, Kentucky Police Department, right, on patterns and practices. And that was that was a practice that the Trump administration and William Barr stopped. It was actually stopped under Sessions. Right. And then obviously not picked up again under Barr, which is looking at these police departments and their patterns and practices, making recommendations or demanding that they change. And so this here's the thing. Police are never going to stop killing us because they're never charged with killing us. And if they are, they always get off. Derek Chauvin is a one in a million type of fucking case. Since 2005, we talked about this last week, only seven police officers have been convicted. Seven, right? And we know we can't even keep track of the amount of people that have been killed this fucking month. So you're telling me over the past 16 years that there was only enough evidence to convict seven police officers? Give me a fucking break. And so until there is like responsibility and accountability here, of course, they're going to keep killing us with impunity because what difference does it make? I feared for my life, right? They had a gun. He tried to run over me. She had a knife, right? Every single thing justifies our murder. Why? Because the basis of it is that we are inherently dangerous. And until we unpack that, nothing that we do, no body cam, mandatory footage, no nothing is going to solve the problem. But it's,
1: it's partly that we are inherently dangerous, and also that we are inherently vulnerable in terms of the politics, in terms of the economics. Um, we are more vulnerable than other communities, that the institutions like the police uh, believe that they can attack us and get away with it because we tend to lack finances. We tend to lack political power that would allow us to fight back in a very forceful and effective way. Um, You know, do they really think that they're going to go to jail? For the murder of Andrew Brown? No. Even after Derek Chauvin, they still... I mean, like, Mario Gonzalez, right? Say his name. Was killed by police in Alameda, California with a knee on his back, I believe. So now we're doing the same things that got Derek Chauvin... Uh time in solitary confinement. And he's right now at this very moment in solitary confinement, having the worst week of his life, thank God. And officers are not saying to each other, Don't do the knee, because you could end up like Derek. Like, even now but I mean, like we saw it last year, as thousands and thousands and thousands of people were marching coast to coast, saying the police need to stop being so brutal the police responded to protests against police brutality with
2: with brutality police
1: brutality that's what we yeah. get from them the the impunity the arrogance the refusal to show any humility or listening this is why we talk about defund because they are not willing to be reformed they are not listening they are not willing to change and they are also not Creating public safety. They are not stopping crime. They are generating and clawing revenue from the citizens. This is why they're in parking uh, enforcement. This is why they are pulling us over for tiny things like a traveling bureaucracy. Like you didn't pay your registration. You have tint on your windows. You have uh fucking air fresheners hanging from your fucking mirror. So sixty five dollars, fifty dollars, forty dollars, hundred dollars. This is what they're doing. We could get actual crime reduction by taking money away from the police and putting it in job programs, education, uh, anti-poverty programs, these sort of things that actually. Mental
2: health, because they can't seem to de-escalate those situations either. Mental they're health. Not trained, they're not trained to do that. Every time a family calls because a family member is, you know, having a medical emotional episode, those people end up dead. You know. Right? Black like, people
1: should not be calling the police.
2: No, they should not.
1: Pretty much unless somebody is holding a gun on you. Unless somebody is posing a direct violent threat to you. Don't why, don't call the police because that generally will make the situation worse. If some if nobody is presenting a violent threat to anybody in the situation and somebody going through a mental health episode is not presenting a violent threat. Don't call the police.
2: From the New Yorker staff writer, Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked-about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold.
0: Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves, real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This show is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition.
2: The midterms are coming and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections.
1: We all know that our government is broken. Politicians spend more time working for themselves, their big donors, and their political party
0: instead of for us.
2: We as Americans have had enough of the corruption, partisan bickering, and gridlock. Look, I get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out, but I'm here to tell you there's reason for hope. Our political system is broken now, but we can fix it. That's why we've partnered with Represent Us a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch
1: more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs.
2: Right now, until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like rank choice voting. And they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls.
1: Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come.
2: Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. I just I, I you know, I want to think about and somebody must tell us at some point, like what situation do you call police in and things go well? <laughs> right. Like in in what in what instance are we calling the police and the outcome is actually good? And I mean, black people, I'm not talking right. about, you know, like we used to have what the idea of the policeman or the, you know, getting the kitty cat out of the tree or walking a, walking an elderly woman home, like all of that propaganda bullshit. But I'm literally thinking of like, when do you, you call, you said this, you call the police after a crime is committed. And when you see something, when are they ever stopping anything in progress except someone's breathing? No, right. Like, so I, I'm just like, <laughs> I, I'm just so, com- I'm like confused about what, what their purpose is.
1: They're very well we know what their purpose is. They are very bad at stopping violent crime, that is less than 5% of what they do. They are very bad at clearing or solving crime, right? Murders and other major crimes. They're very bad at solving them. And if you if you cut out the notion of gossip, of people talking of them being able to get somebody to say he did that or he 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 did th- then how often can they actually solve things through the sort of crap that we see on Law & Order with science? And (laughs) Almost never. It's fucking ridiculous. They are here to generate revenue. That's why they focus more on the war on drugs than on murder, right? That's why they focus more on civil asset forfeitures than actually... Mm. That's why they focus more on... Zero tolerance. You went through a red light on your bicycle, right? You changed lanes without signaling. Like, there's nobody fucking here. Like, why? Like, to, to, that's why we're sitting here catching everybody for going 55 and a 54, right? Like, give you a $50 to $100 ticket. They look over the past 20, 30 years, citizens have said, we want to pay less taxes. I understand that. I want to pay less taxes also. We also don't say to the city, give us less taxes and give us less services. We want the same amount of services for less taxes. So how does how does a city, especially a small city, make up the difference? They usually rely on the police force to make up the difference. So Mm -hmm. this is what we've got. Police forces that are saying we will make money for the city. We will write ticket. and, And people don't realize this sort of regressive taxation, this sort of for-profit policing yep. is happening all policing. over the country
2: and you know what maybe and he, you know because it's a it's a conversation that i have all the time it's like is defund the police the right term should it be end for-profit policing right because defund like but we want more than me- that
1: we want more than just to, we want more yeah. than just the end of for-profit policing we want more than the end of the militar- militarization of the police. There, we want more than that. We want money to be taken from the billion yeah. dollar budgets of police so we can shrink the police force, right? Have a far smaller number of officers with guns, take the money that they are sucking up, a lot of it which is going into pensions, and give that money to schools, right? Give that money to job programs, give that money to Things that will actually make a difference in actually combating crime. Look, if we wanted to actually combat crime, we gotta just make marijuana legal throughout the country. That would go a very long. There's no way to destroy the underground market without creating an above-ground market. But as soon as there is an above-ground legal market competing with the underground market, the underground market will no longer See, will cease to exist. They, you can't, yeah. you can't yeah. run an underground market when you have legal competition. We used to have back in probably your great grandfather's day, my grandfather's day, um, a an illegal alcohol market. Right? That we had mm-hmm. speakeasies. We had moonshine. Mm-hmm. People made alcohol and sold it. Right? This is part of what the Dukes of Hazard was all about. This is part of the roots of NASCAR that people made very fast cars. So they could outrun the police, Run the police? right? Right, while Don't they're legging. while they're porting moonshine, illegal alcohol from one place to another. Um, that ended when alcohol was relegalized, right? As there's nobody making business off of illegal uh, alcohol now. The illegal. I mean, it's, Go ahead.
2: This is this is the whole reason why New York, right? in competition with New Jersey, has just legalized marijuana. Why? Because New Jersey legalized it. And all we need to do is either cross a bridge or go through a fucking tunnel or go down I-95 South in order to access their now above ground market. So New York, which like many states across this country, because of COVID, are seeing an absolute debt that they have, are like, what's the quickest way for us to fill this financial gap that we're in. Oh, legalize the thing that people want and then tax it out the ass, which is what they are doing, right? Like there's a 13.75% tax that is going to be on marijuana in New York. That is ridiculous. <laughs> like, you, that you level know, uh, of taxation is, unless it shows, because here's the thing, Tore, I say it's ridiculous unless I see it show up. In New York City public schools budgets, I mean if that shit is going to the already six billion dollar police budget. Then that taxation level is on some I, uh, on I, some next shit. I'll
1: be very curious to see what that does to uh, the tax coffers of New York State over the next three mm-hmm. to four years, and when we have a robust system of uh, above ground weed shops um you know which i would expect to see all over the place in 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 new york um you know what kind of tax what kind of taxation is that bringing in i i don't smoke anymore so i will not be finding out like what is the price differential between an ounce on the underground market
0: versus hey i'm alok the host of build the change a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves, real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince
0: has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to
2: eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: On the legal market, right? But if you think that the underground market is not paying their own form of taxes in Ooh. terms of payouts to police... In terms of amounts of weed that they have to just accept as being lost because they can't they can't you can't smuggle a hundred percent of your product across the border. A bunch mm-hmm. of stuff is gonna get lost in battling against uh, police forces. So there's all sorts of taxes that they encounter that we may not n- historically refer to as taxes, but there, there's all sorts of ways they have to pay, to play right pay to yep. live yep. and do business in this environment so i mean yep. i I'm, i am curious i wonder if folks who uh are still smoking can tweet at me and tell me like are, are you getting is the, is the legal price with the tax equivalent is it more is it less than what we're getting on the underground market Make it plain covers politics and social justice from organizers to legislators it's the conversation you need to get woke um what, what one other thing that i want to get into with you today while i still have you it appears that america has reached a uh, maximum density in terms of the number of people who really want to be vaccinated Everybody who yeah. wanted the, vaccine, the COVID vaccination roll and, 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 and happily and enthusiastically rolled up their arms. We've, we've gone through all those people. The lines are empty. The stores are waiting. The, the, you don't need an appointment. Just go right in. And lots and lots of Americans, especially our fellow brothers and sisters, are refusing to get the vaccine they're saying things like i don't know what's in it even though they eat fast food it was rushed <laughs> even though it was not i don't want to be a guinea pig even though 200 million people have already gotten it i can't trust the government like ugh, tuskegee oh i've never heard the name tuskegee thrown around more than i have in the last month
2: And in the wrong way. Let's talk about that. Like, in the wrong fucking way. The
1: Tuskegee Syphilis Experiment was a small group of people over a long period of time, evil study that withheld the medicine for syphilis. This is. Let's
2: say that again, Torre. What did they do in Tuskegee as is different than what is happening right now? Say that magic word again. Withheld. They did not give them
1: the medicine. Correct. In this global situation that is happening. Uh
2: Where over 3 million people have died.
1: Globally, right? And they've given out 200 million shots to the entire globe. We are giving the vaccine To every, Not just black people. If this was like, hey, black people, we figured out the cure for sickle cell. Come on down. I might too be like, wait
2: a minute. Now what? what?" Right, like it's just us? You want all the black people to come
1: down and get pricked? Wait a minute, what?
2: I would be the first to be like, so I'm not going to your local Dwayne Reed or CVS. You can miss me with that.
1: (laughs) But this is everybody. White people are getting pricked like a motherfucker, right? Asian people, Hispanic people. This is everybody's getting it, right? This is not about, I don't trust. The, the new one I hear a lot. Um, um, well, people are getting blood clots. Okay, so that's. One- so
2: that was like six people out, out of, of a study seven and of a half like. Million. Seven and a half million. And the fact that we even went so far as to pull the J&J vac- vaccine was problematic. Right. Because of the portion of people that were affected was so fucking small. Right. Like it's like it was so minute. It was ridiculous to even say that because. But here's the thing. You've been posting memes on your Instagram page, which I love, because it's like if you were smoking weed and drinking off of people in the street that you didn't know at the fucking cookout and the concert that you went to or like eating some Popeyes. Bullshit that you don't even know if popeyes. it's like real meat do, do you know or what's not? in
1: popeyes do you know what's in kfc do you know what's in mcdonald's no. french fries no you don't
2: you don't and but you, you know consume what you it, on a regular know. Basis. it is
1: knowable and it's bad for you
2: the thing that i keep saying is that folks are getting their information from like podcasters Rappers, mm. pop culture folks, mm. everybody except actual doctors and scientists. And I equated this on Twitter in saying, if you woke up tomorrow with a fucking toothache, right? Are you getting in your car or getting on the subway and going to a mechanic in order to have them investigate the root cause of your fucking toothache? Do you see how fucking stupid that sounds? Well, listen, so, listen. listening to somebody without a medical degree tell you not to get a vaccine and then that's your verification process well let's let's let me
1: help me, under, help me understand this because black people from almost the very beginning have been more susceptible more vulnerable to covid than other groups and at the same time black people have been more resistant to the vaccine than other groups is it really just the history of medical racism and governmental uh skepticism that is keeping yes. us from the vaccine is is that really think the core it, of it
2: i honestly i think it's that and a combination of ignorance which is a which is a lethal combination right and i'll and i'll be honest if donald trump had won a second term right And his administration was issuing the vaccine. Right. I probably would not have gotten it. Right. Because I don't fucking trust them. Right. Because it was an administration filled with criminals. Right. Now we have sane, rational people in charge of this process. Who listen to scientists. Who listen to scientists. There was a black woman that was part of creating the vaccine. Right. There are black people, black doctors that have been telling folks to get the vaccine. But if you are not going to listen to them, but instead listen to your fucking pastor, which is the other thing that I've been hearing, like, oh, well, my pastor said your pastor doesn't have a fucking medical license. Right. (laughs) And could get that fucking pastor, you know, certification on fucking line. And that's who you're listening to, as opposed to the people that dedicated their lives and their careers to studying epidemiology and like all of this shit. Like, I just don't understand the stupidity. It's,
1: it's I, like, I want to avoid the S word. Stupid? Because I Yeah, because I want to understand my people. No, I, I like it. But there is there is a strong among the. And the black anti-vaxxers, and I just want to stick with them because they're my brothers and sisters, they're my cousins. There is a strong... It is a very anti-intellectual, pro-conspiracy theory uh, notion that reminds me deeply of talking to Trumpers in terms of they seize upon a non-fact, and no matter how many facts, and that fact is generally anti-scientific and no matter how many facts you throw at them they just basically say media government science and those are those are debunking words and i cling to it was rushed i cling to you can't trust government tuskegee i cling to uh you know the medical community is racist against black people i'm like but what does
2: any Yes, it is. Do? I mean those like the thing is true. The medical community is racist. Yeah. Right? There are historic things that are not that that are not that so long ago that are not historical in terms of what is happening to black people in the treatment in hospitals is particularly black women. We had our vice president talk about black maternal death right. rate, right? And how one in 5 black women are dying. Right when yeah. giving birth, as if this is some type of developing fucking nation that we are living in.
1: Shit So country.
2: those con- those things are real, but this assumption that the vaccine was rushed—yeah, it was fucking rushed because six hundred thousand Americans have died.
1: Wait, hold like- on. But it was but it was not rushed. It was built on science that they've been studying for years. It but I mean, in like terms of qu- in terms
2: of rushing it through the FDA, in terms of having the FDA certify things quickly. Because we know that FDA certification actually takes a year's time. And in these cases of the three vaccines that we have available in the United States, it was quote unquote fast tracked through the FDA, but they were doing these huge, huge testing groups of the vast majority of diff- black people, white people, Latinx people, women on, I don't know if any, uh, if any uh, testing was done on pregnant women. Um, But there is, you know, uh, understanding of what is happening to babies in utero uh, when mothers get the vaccines. They're born with the antibodies. But like all of these things were done purposefully. And do you think that in the midst of like this heightened pandemic that we would be releasing vaccinations that would be killing people at a rate that is that we're seeing with covid-19? It just doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm tired of, I, and I will say the S word, I'm tired of stupid people. Stupid Stupidity is what is going to kill us, ultimately.
1: I mean, this the selfishness is part of the thing. Because folks are like, why don't you just let me make my choices? I'll make my choices. You make your choices. Because it is a communal decision.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: you folks not getting vaccinated has an impact on the entire tribe. Yep right you are giving covid a leg up to use your body to move through maybe you get light sickness maybe you get very sick but maybe you get light sickness you'll probably survive but like you very well could pass it on to somebody else and they could die and that you're la- you don't really care about anyone else and the larger community if you're like i don't want to get this thing I read some bullshit. I'm going to cling to a bullshit notion mm. and, and you're a guinea pig. A 200 million doses in. Seriously? And you I mean like what we don't know is the long-term impacts of having COVID.
2: No, we don't. Right.
1: You no, want to talk don't. about the long-term impacts of you're more afraid of the long-term impact of the vaccine than the long-term impact of COVID? You really think that like you just you really I mean like You think what? It's just the flu and you beat it and you keep it moving? No, because I can
2: tell you that friends that I have had, the friends that I have who have uh, contracted COVID and they had a very serious case of COVID and were able to recover um, have chronic uh, migraines, uh, chronic shortness of breath. People have lost like their full 100% lung capacity by lung capacity decreased by 20%. Right. We're talking about um, mental faculties being lost. Right. With severe cases, because, again, we're talking about a depletion of oxygen, which your brain needs to actually function. So just in that short time that covid has been in existence, these are the things that we know a year later about people and their effects.
1: I mean, I I, I don't understand how this could be such a serious Devastating thing in America. And we get to the vaccine, and so many people are like, I don't know. I don't want the vaccine. Why are they trying so hard? Somebody said to me, Why are they trying so hard to get black people to take it? Because black people from the beginning have been telling us we don't want to take it. We have been more vaccine skeptical than any other group from the beginning. And why are we more vaccine skeptical? than covid afraid yeah that's a really great question don't don't we know people who had it don't we know people who died don't we i mean like it's hit our community so hard don't we have that personal connection that will lead us to say you don't want that shit because that shit will fuck.
2: and you know particularly the pastors right who are saying this hot shit who you know have presided over how many funerals at this point in time, right? Like, let's just think about that. Let's think about the number of Zoom funerals and, you know, that that pastors have had to do. And you're going to tell your flock not to get something, but be the number one person to what? Speak at their funeral? Come on. Come on, guys. Be smarter than that.
1: I want my people to get the vaccine so, so, that, do I. so that we can survive because people are like people are like well you know the vaccine is the first thing you see in the in the futuristic horror film you know what else you don't see in the futuristic horror black film people. black people <laughs> <laughs> because we wouldn't take the damn vaccine <sighs> thank you for listening <laughs> to democracy ish i'm torey
2: We're exhausted, and I'm Danielle Moody. (laughs) Ah.
1: Join us next week if there's still a country.
2: God only knows, folks. Just keep hanging on because between COVID and the police and your fuckery, (laughs) we're all going to die. We're all going to die. Hang on.